Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com and my favorite daily fantasy site, Draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES right now on Draft.com, you will receive a free entry to your first game via listening to this podcast. How how sweet is that? I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, it's been a great day. Really? I, th- I feel like it's been kind of a kind of a boring day. Well, there was a massive amount of snow here, so I have just been oh. indulging myself in way too many trade rumors, all of which will not happen, of course. But that's kind of what I'm getting at. I was expecting, you know, last time we talked last week, we had the Blake trade. We had the Nico trade. We had a ton of trade rumors going around with George Hill. Uh, The Cavs didn't know what they're doing. They're losing every single game. Um, Every, everybody was in play. Like everyone boogie was uh, ADs in play even now. And uh, just nothing, nothing has happened. That's not true. There's been two trades. We're going to talk about them. But uh, nothing of significance has happened. So I would like to talk about something off the top here, and this is probably an unscheduled thing. So uh, I'm going to go with it anyways. Um, I think we learned a valuable fantasy lesson with the news that Mr. Seth Curry will not play at all this season. Yes. I think that that valuable fantasy lesson is – the teams are never inclined to tell us the whole truth about any injury. And we kind of see this with the Paul Millsap thing, right? Like everyone thought Paul Millsap would be back like right, right around the all-star break. And now they're saying he's out until at least March. Um, but especially going into the season, and this will be something to remember for everyone um, as next season ramps up and the drafts start going. If you don't see the player even taking part in practices, right? Like if you don't hear that, if you hear that, Oh, he's not practicing, he's not doing anything. You might not want to draft that player at all because it probably means he's a long ways away from playing at least a few weeks and a few weeks can turn into the entire season. I know there were people tweeting me even two weeks ago saying, should I hold on to Seth Curry? And I'm like, at this point it, doesn't look like he's playing at all, so let's just get rid of him. And then they finally announced yesterday that he's having season-ending surgery. Yeah, and I think that's incredibly surprising that it took until February for them to have season-ending surgery with Seth Curry. I, I, I don't know what they were expecting this season to be. So if it was looking like surgery was a potential option, why didn't they just go ahead and get it out of the way at the beginning of the season? Um, I don't want to take – you know, I'm with you. When you see day-to-day and they're not practicing, something's up. Something's a little suspicious there. Um, I'm willing to take chances on guys like Kawhi Leonard because they are game-changing type fantasy players. Seth Curry, he's not even a top 50, top 60 player. I'm not sure why I would waste a draft pick or risk wasting a draft pick, really, on anyone who isn't a game-changer. So yeah. we've seen a lot of injuries this year, but you know, this, here's just there's another one to uh, to write down. And I mean, even the Kawhi Leonard one. I mean, we we were advocating him to be picked, you know, right after that that kind of big top eight, and obviously that has turned out very poorly. And maybe going into next year, the plan for him should be like. Let's put him in that second round, right? Because if you've already got a player you feel pretty solid about, you can take a gamble on a Kawhi Leonard being a top five player, especially in a Roto League, right? That doesn't hurt you that much. But I think the the error in our ways was like in a 12-team league, still letting him hang around in that first round. Yeah. I mean, let's say, you know, next season, heaven forbid, James Harden is in the same situation. Uh, you're going to be real, real weary about it. But, you know, I'm still going to stand by Kawhi Leonard as a top eight player. He should have been drafted in the top eight uh, with the information that we had at the time. There was, it was really weird. There was so much silence out of San Antonio 
that uh, you, you couldn't really get a, a a grip on it. And, um, you know, it was the wrong choice. It was a mistake. Um, and so, yeah, you know, maybe next year, if you're not hearing any information, uh, and I trust, you know, I trusted San Antonio. I trusted them, and they, uh, they've ruined that trust. And I guess they've ruined that trust with Kawhi Leonard as well. Well, and we'll have a few of those players. I mean, we're going to talk about one here coming up. We'll have a few of those players where it'll be dicey at at the start of the year, especially if Kawhi doesn't play for the rest of the season. Kawhi Kawhi Leonard might be one of them. If he plays, you know, in March or in April, 20 minutes a game, and then he plays a little bit in the playoffs, but he never really looks fully healthy, um, he's going to be in that boat. And we're going to talk about another guy who's in that boat that, it's going to be dicey on where to pick them. Yes, it is. But first, let's go ahead and get some of the transactions that have been happening around the league out of the way. Um, I think these are going to be pretty quickly. We are really, really hoping that the trade deadline, which I believe is what Friday, is it tomorrow or Friday? Thursday or Friday? It's tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, so if so, you're so listening excited. to this, it may have already passed. That's true. It could be happening right now. It may have already passed. So there will probably be a lot of things to talk about tomorrow or nothing. And here's the nothings to talk about. Tyler Zeller ended up moving to Milwaukee for uh, undisclosed trash. This is what I read on, on Twitter. Rashad Vaughn and two second round picks, right? I mean, that, yeah. oh, okay. Um, also known as undisclosed trash. Um, do you care po- at all? Neither player was re- was really playing much, so that's there's that to be said. Um, Tyler Zeller played six minutes tonight, so if you're in your thirty team, everybody in the league plays fantasy league. I guess maybe you want Tyler Zeller to get you that big six minutes now and grab you two rebounds and not make a shot. Um, other than that, don't care. Don't care. Um, another exciting. Trade is is this trade official? Uh, Willie Hernan Gomez is shipping off to Charlotte to be the third string backup in Charlotte instead of the third string backup um, in in New York. This was a weird one. What what was? Yeah, I don't understand this. He like demanded to leave, and then he did. Yeah, and I mean, I I guess they're kind of committing to a little bit of a youth movement now that we'll talk about the big news here in a, a few minutes, but he said, you know, basically this relationship's broken. I want to move. And so he went to Charlotte to sit behind Dwight Howard and I'm assuming Cody Zeller. Yeah. And now, like Hernan Gomez is 20, almost uh, this is 23. He's like 23 years old. Um, he's had some flashes of interesting uh, Enos Cantor esque type uh, I guess abilities. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on here. And, and he's a guy I would put on my watch list just for that. Right. We've seen that when he can even get like 25 minutes, he can pull kind of some Enos Cantor, get some big rebounds, make a few shots, shoot good percentages. Um, I, I just don't know that the playing time is going to be there. I mean, even at the power forward spot, they got Marvin Williams, they got Frank Kaminsky, they got, Howard and Zeller, you know what I mean? Like, okay, he's a different type of player than what they have in the sense that he's kind of a post-scorer type, but I don't really see him getting a whole ton of minutes on that team unless they decide to blow their whole team up tomorrow and trade Kemba and Dwight Howard. and then Yeah, maybe... that could be a side of things to come, right? Uh, it could be they decided to blow uh, everything up. And, and, you know, every none of this might apply. Nothing, nothing we say today might apply to after tomorrow because tomorrow – might be the craziest deadline of deadline of all time, or literally nothing could happen. So um, I'm not, you know, I'm not not entirely sure. Uh, Here's we'll what I'll, keep, I'll keep an eye on him though. Here's what I'll say. Here's my prediction. We get two or three moves that are a little fantasy relevant, but I don't think we're going to see another Blake Griffin type traded. I think they're going to be more. They're going to be a little better than this. Like we see some rotation players move for some picks, but that's about it. My prediction, Robin Lopez, for think two last year. Round. Think last year, guys like PJ Tucker. I thought those types are going to get traded. I think yeah, very, Thanks. very minor middle of the road trades. 
kind of teams trying to build themselves for the playoffs or grab an asset before a contract is obviously up. Um, I'm hoping for five blockbusters. It's going to be crazy. And uh, we'll, we'll try to bring in that content tomorrow. Um, let's talk about the injuries. Another round. It feels like every week we're talking about a round of injuries. It's really depressing. Um, yeah, and now it's when you're hearing the movement for the 50-game regular season and, and all that that you often see is when we get these big injuries from, especially to star-level players. Yeah, and let's just jump into the worst one. Um, Chris S. Porzingis, torn ACL, out for the year, out for probably most of next year too. Uh, big, big dude with the torn ACL. It's not a great sign for the rest of his career, but, uh, you know, ACL surgery and recovery from ACL surgery is getting better. But this is um, this is a huge blow to fantasy owners. Chris S. was having a great year. Um, what's, I guess, what's the fantasy play here with Chris Epps being out? Is there anyone on this team that uh, significantly bumps up? Um, if you need points, Michael Beasley's probably your Huckleberry. Yeah, I'm liking uh, Mike Bees as as the pickup here. I think, you know, when you see him play extended minutes, he does start dabbling into that standard league relevancy, and it's mostly because he is just shooting a thousand shots. Um, he's, you know, not the most consistent player in the entire world, but um, the guy can shoot and the guy can score, so they're going to need someone to do that on this team now are you and here's here's the interesting part for me do they do they ditch Jarrett jack and that they you've you've heard these tweets about they're gonna maybe go to this youth movement but then they keep putting trey burke in there which i'm like wait didn't you guys just pick up trey burke off the scrap heap like last month like i don't understand how trey burke is all of a sudden now part of your youth movement but okay no, um, it, it, that doesn't make too much sense. But if they do decide to dump Jared Jack, right, and just, I don't know, move him at the deadline, buy him out, say you're done playing, um, and, pl- and play Frank Nilekina, that could be really interesting. Nilekina is a really good steals guy. Um, even in the limited minutes, he's getting about a steal a game. And he could, I mean, in 20 minutes a game, he's gotten you a steal a game, 3.3 assists. Maybe there's something there. Maybe he shows some flashes down the stretch, especially if he's getting a lot of run. Um, that's another guy that maybe I'd pick up depending on what New York does here at the deadline. Um, I don't have a ton of young players to play, though. Like They can't really piss off Courtney Lee and play some young wing because they don't really have one other than Tim Hardaway Jr., who's already playing a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure what direction. I mean, with the loss of Willie Kleinstein and Porzingis, I'm not really sure what direction, like you said, they're, they're allegedly claiming a youth movement, but um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what's going to go on with this team. I mean, are we looking at Tim Hardaway Jr. too? Is, is, there, is there word that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be uh, another leg injury here? Am I seeing this? Late breaking news? I do not know what you're seeing, my oh friend. My um, we'll have to get to that uh, at a future date, but we'll he see what happens. He lived off last Sometimes, night with a leg yeah. injury, but everything I've heard is it's yeah. it's, it's nothing bad that they, they basically expect him to play in the next game. Yeah, sometimes this happens, sometimes not. It doesn't seem that serious. But um, I'm I'm wondering, the um, we need a name for these type of guys. These fantasy... People think they're just like fantasy diamonds. They're the perfect type of guy who gets crazy numbers across the board with those 36 minutes. You really could call them the Kylo Quinns because Kylo Quinn is the definition of of this type of player where everyone who kind of pays attention to fantasy just keeps looking at him and going, man, if that guy could play 33 minutes, he would be amazing. Kyle Quinn has a chance to play a lot more minutes. Are you uh, are you falling for this Kyle Quinn trick again? 
I mean, who else are they going to play? Yeah, it might be finally time. And, I mean, obviously, they, they could make a move, right? And we could see somebody else, but I don't know, man. I'm keeping an eye on New York. I'm keeping an eye on the rotation. Kylo Quinn is one of those, hey, if he's playing 30 minutes a night, this guy puts up fantasy stats. My guess is you're going to be fooled again. Kylo Quinn might play 26 minutes tomorrow. Everybody's going to pick him up. He'll play 10 minutes the next day. Everybody's going to drop him. That's my prediction. Um, so just doubling his his minutes, right? If he could, if he could get, him, get like 30 minutes a game, those could be some real sexy numbers. That's all I'll say. Yeah, those are crazy numbers. But there's every year we talk about these guys. John Henson's blocks. Uh, Kylo Quinn's life. Uh, Brandon Wright back in the day. There's always these guys that you're like, man, if that guy just played 30 some minutes and uh, it never happens or they get a chance to play 30 some minutes and it, it just doesn't translate. Oh, no doubt. We've seen, we've seen Kylo Quinn when he plays extend minutes be standing league relevant. So pay attention to Kylo Quinn uh, at the very least in New York. Uh, let's talk about another uh, sad injury. Uh, Darren Collison, not as sad as Chris Epps, you know, not as bad as well. Uh, Darren Collison is going to be out for what, two to three weeks here. This one was a random, right? Like it seemed like he was humming along just fine, playing pretty well. And then boom, he's going to have a minor knee surgery and be out two to three weeks. And you're like, what? Yeah, that's um, sucks. Um, he was having a really good fantasy season. He was getting tons of steals over the last month, which is pretty crazy. I, I didn't see that. I really didn't see this kind of activity um, in him with, with with this type of uh, steals and even getting some blocks over the last couple weeks. Like I'm, I'm a little shocked by how well Darren Collison was playing in those kind of outlier stats. But um, he'll be out two or three weeks. I'm not really sure there's a play. Here uh, in Indiana, uh, if you're a Darius Collison owner, you know you just—I think you just hold on to him. You wait it out, unless you're—I guess you know—unless you're desperate for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it could, and I'll say could here could make Lance Stevenson kind of uh, a worthy stream here for the next few weeks. He got nine rebounds and six assists and thirteen points in the last game, and he shot terribly from the field. Um. I think Lance Stevenson's going to take some of that ball handling duty. We know Corey Joseph is not a great leading your offense type point guard, um, despite being a pretty good defender. So I think if you're looking for someone in fantasy, it's probably Lance Stevenson as kind of the streamer, or maybe you hold him for the couple weeks while Darren Collison's out. Yeah, I've liked uh, I like that kind of assessment. Lance Stevenson playing a ton of minutes. Uh, Bojan Bodanovic has been coming on pretty strong here over the last few weeks. So, you know, a lot of still a lot of leagues where he's not uh, owned, and I'm uh, I'm very surprised. He's, he's a must-own. Yeah, I mean, but basically just a points and threes type of guy. Like, he's just shooting good percentages, but, sure. but but not much in the, the defensive categories to help you. Not, but with the way he's playing lately, you know, I, th- I think you got to play a hot hand. You got to ride. You got to ride somebody who's having a hot streak. So, I mean, I'd pick him up. I'd keep yeah, him averaging over twenty points in his last four games. Uh, I think anybody scoring twenty points a game is worth owning. And he's gotten at least two three pointers in every game, and that includes two, three, four, and five three pointers. So, yeah, you've had to think your, about. You've had yourself a nice week if you were had him in your lineup all week. Um, so. Darren Collison will be back two, three weeks. Um, and, you know, with the All-Star break, that's really not that bad. Well, it kind of bleeds into that All-Star break. So, yeah, uh, some of these guys, though, they'll say that they're going to miss two to three weeks and basically only misses like a week on your actual team because the All-Star break is there. Uh, just be careful because some of them will say that, and then after the All-Star break, they'll give an update and say, oh, he's out for two more weeks. Oh man, it's been it's been a rough it's been a lot of sad news, Tyler. A lot of sad news out there. But um, 
we got some good news finally for fantasy basketball owners out there. Um, Lou Williams was re-signed to a three-year deal by the LA Clippers. That's great news for Lou Williams. And that's great news for everybody who didn't trade. I'm sure I think a lot of people probably did try to trade or did trade Lou Williams, assuming he was not going to um, stay on the Clippers very long. But uh, he's got a three-year contract extension. Lou Williams will be a Clipper. He's on a team without Blake Griffin. He's going to be taking more shots. He's going to be doing more Lou Williams stuff. And uh, I think he's a pretty safe hold for the rest of the year. And a very smart business decision probably by Mr. Lou Williams because, um, I mean, some I'm sure some of you have seen these stories. Most of the experts, quote, so to speak, are predicting that this summer's free agent class is not going to get the money that a lot of the other ones have gotten. And basically it has to do with when the salary cap spiked there, people were giving out those crazy terrible contracts. We're looking at Lou Aldang and Timothy Mozgov and – you know, all those ones where they were paying Bismack Biombo, right? We're going to pay our backup center like $17 million a year. Everybody on Portland. Like, yeah. And it's really bad. And now basically teams are just waiting for those contracts to come off their books and they don't really have any money to spend. And it's going to drive the price down for guys like Lou Williams in the offseason if Lou Williams was a free agent. And so Lou Williams re-signing here was probably the best move for him and for his his fantasy value and for his real life value. Um, yeah, I would expect Lou Williams to do similar Lou Williams things, take a ton of shots, get a ton of points, throw out some assists. I mean, basically what you're seeing, I don't think any of it's a fluke from Lou Williams. Yeah. He's, I mean, I don't think it's a, a going to suddenly end this year. He's put it, he's done enough. It's a world at 60 over 60% of the season, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's not a fluke. It's uh, this is who Lou Williams is, and now he's got a little bit more of a green light uh, without Blake there, so he'll get more usage, and that that'll be super positive. And uh, I'd like to talk about the the Clippers here because we've seen a few games with them with the Tobias Harris in the lineup, and uh, DeAndre Jordan is a, a potential trade uh, candidate. So who knows what's going to happen there. What have you what have you thought about the rotation over the last few games for the uh for the Clippers? In a word or in in a lot? I mean, what how much uh, you want here? Um the, if we're talking specifically about Tobias Harris, um I think that his value may tick up just a hair bit uh with the Clippers. It seems like they're going to basically make him you know, one of their big time scorers that he's gotten 19 and 20 shots in his two games when he's played for LA. And I mean, it's hard to shoot it 20 times and not score 20 points a game, right? He did it. <laughs> well, he did it once. Yeah. I mean, because he was, he didn't, he, really get to the, he didn't really get to the free throw line at all, but I mean, you got to think that he's going to in spots. And I mean, if Tobias Harris is averaging 20 points a game, that definitely ups his value. Yeah, I think Tobias is is looking good. Um, it does look like they kind of almost went super traditional, um, playing Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris a, a bunch of minutes. Lou Williams obviously is now kind of like the go to guy. Uh, Tadosic, you know, even if he's going to play some more minutes, I don't see how he's standard league relevant. Uh, and I know Austin Rivers is still uh, someone who could be coming back. But Daniela Gallinari has had a few good, uh, strong games. Now, granted, it's against some mediocre uh, talent, but um, Daniela Gallinari, good for him. Yeah, and, and his has been the, the opposite of Tobias Harris. His has been just super, super efficient play. So the question becomes, does it swing to where they're both getting like 16 shots a game? Or if this current machination that we see in the last two games sticks, like Danilo Gallinari is not going to shoot 63%. It's just not happening. No. So, I mean, on the shot attempts he's getting, he's more of probably like a 15-point scorer when he's not hitting everything under the sun. If I could promise you, 
that both Tobias Harris and Danielle Gallinari would stay healthy for the rest of the season, who would you rather own? Uh, give me Tobias Harris. He's going to do a little bit more in the defensive stats. Mm, yeah, I, I I think that's kind of a toss up for me. Um, I'm I just a sucker. Have... I'm a sucker. I'm going. I'm going. Daniel Gallinari. I I know you said he's going to stay healthy, but I mean that factors into it for me because he just never oh, seems yeah. to stay. Healthy. I'm oh. saying if I could promise you, they're both but stay healthy for the rest of the year. Who would you rather take? I'm saying if you put that trade in my inbox. I would want Tobias Harris. Like if you had Tobias Harris and I had Gallinari and yes. you sent me the offer, I, I would definitely make that trade. I agree. Um, I 100% agree. <laughs> I do not want Daniel Gallinari because he's gonna, probably going to get injured in two weeks. But if I could guarantee that he was going to stay healthy for the rest of the year, a.k.a. you're fighting for the playoffs and you need some sort of miracle to get in, maybe Daniel Gallinari is someone you could trade for. Maybe someone – you would want on your uh, team just to make a hail mary pass towards the towards the end zone. I'll also say this about Gallinari: he's the kind, he's the type of player I don't really like to own in any kind of league. Why is that? Okay, so regardless of the point total, somewhere between fifteen and nineteen, he's been for a lot of years, right? Yeah, but. Comes usually on like 41% shooting. So that's a negative. It comes with a really good free throw percentage, usually on some decent high volume attempts. But there's almost no, I mean, there's a little bit over half a steal a lot of seasons 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. There's almost no blocks. There's two assists and there's five rebounds. It's like he's actively kind of hurting you in four categories. I wouldn't say he's hurting you. He's not helping you. He's definitely hurting you in steals, I would say. Steals and blocks, but... Well, he's he's definitely hurting you steals, blocks, and field goal percentage. Definitely. Because he's shooting a high volume on a yeah. very bad percentage. So, and then assists and rebounds. If you put those two together, he's a little bit of a negative in both, I would say, for his position. And so that's kind of hurting you as one category's worth in two categories. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's a very good point. It doesn't, and, and this goes for roto and head-to-head leagues as well. Is that especially roto leagues? Like those are just you're you're kind of wasting a roster spot and and a start on Daniel Gallinari if he's not if he's going to put a big fat zeros and steals and blocks and hurt you in field goal percentages. If you are not giving a crap about that kind of stuff in head-to-head. That's kind of your punt strategy. He is actually kind of a sneaky good player. But he's if, if you're punting properly. But he's always kind of overrated in the sense that people see his fat point total. Yeah. And always want him. And he's just not helping you in enough areas. I talk about this a lot, especially during draft season. I'm looking for incremental gains in categories. And he like I would take a guy who scored 13 and a half points if he gave me half a block and a steal over Gallinari. Because those are two incremental gains and and one incremental loss. And Gallinari, like when you compare him to a lot of players in that 60 to 120 range, there's a lot of guys I'm moving over Gallinari because of those little incremental gains that the other players give you in those four categories Gallinari is not good in. Yeah, and this is kind of why we talk about Mo Harkless more than we talk about Daniela Gallinari going into the season is like Mo Harkless is interesting. Uh, Mo Harkless can provide you stats across the board. Daniela Gallinari is just what he is. He's Daniela Gallinari, and uh, I think he's still writing that uh, that like I don't know like one third of a season where he was like shooting the lights out and doing a bunch of stuff all over the court, and I think people get really excited about him, and then um, like is. Is he like the most name, like the least deserving, most name recognized player in fantasy or maybe even in the NBA? Like people know who Daniel Gallinari is. People kind of like, ooh, yeah, Daniel Gallinari. Okay, he's going to Clippers. All right, cool. Yeah. And like the guy hasn't really done anything in his career. Well, I mean, 
uh, I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd go that far. I mean, anybody who can consistently play 33 minutes a game for almost a decade, I mean, he's done something. But at the same time, like, I I get what you're saying. He is kind of 40 to 45 games a, a year. Yeah. But he's very overrated in the sense that you're right. The average fan knows Danilo Gallinari and the average fan doesn't know Clint Capella. But yeah, and like, why? Like, it's kind of, I don't know if it's the name because it's kind of a cool, crazy Italian name, but like, it's, it's a lot the points too, right? Like, he, he can score a lot of points and people love points, man. Like, maybe it's because, you know, Denver was like the hipster, uh, cool team for a while. He, he, you know? Okay. Here's the easy way to do it, Mike. I'm going to ask you the top five players in points scored this year. Go. In points scored this year? Mm-hmm. So far this uh, season, top uh, five point scores this year. Go. I guess Harden. We got uh, number one. I would probably go with AD. He's number four. Steph Curry. He's number three. LeBron. He's number five. Oh my god, there's someone else. Durant? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh yeah. Then yeah. He's number 2. Okay? So you got 4 out of 5 in 5 guesses. Okay? Good. Name me the top 5 rebounders in the league. Go. Uh AD. AD is not in the top 5. DeMarcus what? Cousins is number 3. Um I guess you got Drummond. Yep. But the average fan wouldn't know that, probably. The no, average fan probably wouldn't say drama. Is Clint Capella in there? Nope. So I you know, already I feel like Clint so, Capella should be in there. You, you see what I mean? You already lost this this game, and that's why people know Gallinari. Points are sexy. Other stats aren't. You know, points are sexy. I don't care what anyone says. You know what I mean? I'll, here, here's an even better one. Name me the top five guys in steals. Oh God, um, Oladipo. No. Paul George? Paul George is number one. 2.23 steals a game. Um, Jimmy Butler? Number five. 1.96 steals a game. I'm not doing too bad. Um, oof. I, I, I don't even know. Uh, Westbrook? Westbrook's number four. Also Ooh, 1.96 steals a game. I am not bad. Now the other two are the two I knew you wouldn't James Harden? Nope. Gary Harris. Nope. I like Gary Harris. I feel like we could do this game for a long time. The two guys are Eric Blitzo and Chris Dunn. Oh, my boy, Chris Dunn. Uh, So so does that explain? Eric Blitzo, huh? Hmm. And and you're a pretty plugged in guy. The average fan is is nowhere near as plugged in as you. You know what I mean? And and I guess that's my point is people know guys. A lot of those guys. A lot of those guys are guys I have on my teams. So I'm like, well, who's the best steel guy on my team? That's what I'm saying. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why people know Gallinari. It's just people know guys. Oh, he led the Nuggets in scoring for three years. Good, bad, who, or indifferent. That's who is, where did that guy live? The guy you, you just imitated? Um, I'd like to think he came from Europe. But now he's been in the South for far too long. So he, he kind of mixes them both together. Wow, he moved to like rural West Texas. Yep, and he from, just from Lithuania. Yep, and now he just doesn't know what he sounds like. He's just all kinds of funked okay. up, and he loves Daniela Gallinari for some strange reason. Huh. Well, you know, yeah, it he takes met all him kinds. once. He it met him once kinds. in Paris. Now they were. That's cool. That's cool. I met Joakim Noah once. I'll never forget it. So, I get it. I get that guy. Um. I kind of want to talk about the other side of this uh, trade. We, we, we've we kind of broke down the Blake trade and the Nico trade in previous episodes, but now we have a little bit of a sample size here. Ha, Blake is uh, 4-0 and in Detroit right now, and um, he's kind of looking like regular old Blake. Are you trying to trade for him? Like, what, what are you doing about Blake Griffin if he's on your team? Just, hey, I got Blake Griffin on my team. Cool. Or are you trying to move him because you're so scared of his, his injury past? Um, well, I guess, I mean, it would, it would much depend on where I'm at in my standings. Blake Griffin is a hard player to trade, especially if you kind of built your team around him in the sense that you're probably not getting a guy who's going to get you 8 to 10 rebounds and 5 assists a game. 
and score 20 points. Right? That guy's probably not knocking around anywhere that you could trade Blake Griffin anywhere near straight up for. No. Aaron Gordon, maybe? And so, um, yeah, I mean, what would I be doing with Blake Griffin if he's on my team? Um, if I need the home run shot, like maybe I'm in fifth or sixth, then four teams make the playoffs, and I, I got to make some catch up here. Probably keep Blake Griffin. I, I think a good way to look at, you know, a lot of people ask, what what should I do with this particular player? Um, and a, an easy way to look at it. So every situation is different. Every person's in a different place in their league and they have a different team makeup. And it's just, it's impossible to answer that question without like 12 to 15 context clues. Uh, but an easier, an easier way to look at it. Rule of thumb is this, this guy at the peak of his value. Could this guy get any better? Or could he get any, uh, yeah, could he get, become any more valuable? So maybe he's could get a little better, but he's it's the most media he's ever gotten before. Right now, I think Blake is kind of at the intersection. He just got traded. Everybody's talking about him, and he's playing really well. He's kind of at the peak of his value right now, and if someone's at the peak of their value, I think it's always good to try to trade for something around or uh, or above his value because you never know you might be, might be able to get something for him now as tyler was saying you're not going to blake is not the best guy to try to trade because of kind of the unique makeup of his stats across the board but you got the name recognition he's playing the best basketball he'll probably play this year right now it's worth it's always worth trying to sell high. And here's another thing I, I always find with players like Blake Griffin and not so much Carmelo this year, but Carmelo the last few years um, is in certain leagues, they get way undervalued instead of overvalued, right? Like, especially if people kind of know what they're doing, right? They're like, oh man, you know, you, they hear the narrative, oh, Blake Griffin's always overrated because of his name recognition. Carmelo's always overrated because of his name recognition. And then even when they're playing well and you're looking to trade them, you almost can't get the value you need back for them. So a lot of it matters on what you're going to get back. And that all depends on your league. That's a question Mike and I can never answer, right? We never know what someone in your league is willing to pay for someone else. No, there might be idiots in your league. There might be sharks in your league. And um, that is a very good point that with people who are a little too saturated in fantasy basketball, they start salivating at the Donovan Mitchells and they forget about the Blake Griffins of the world. They forget about these old kind of like Al Horford's, you know, like, oh, Al Horford's not a sexy name. Um, no, Al Horford is, uh, is 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 a great fancy player. Um, a lot of a lot of guys will they'll either overlook for just standard regular type players for young talent uh, instead of just being like, oh yeah, you know that guy's gonna finish in the top forty. He's not a sexy name, but uh, he's still a top forty player. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. Well, and a lot of it is that you know they can brag that oh I I knew this guy was gonna break out well. Okay, but his breakout and where you picked him gave you no, no really profit potential in that pick. Whereas I picked Al Horford at pick sixty because you guys were all picking Donovan Mitchell and Victor Oladipo and this guy and that guy and the other guy and yeah, you might hit, you might and not. That, and then I well, and I got twenty picks of value on a steady player who's always number forty. So you pick the guy who's now number forty at number forty, and I got twenty picks of value on a guy who's always number forty. Ooh, speaking of guys who are, I think, a little undervalued, except for maybe not after this year, um, Nikolai Vujovic is questionable Thursday's game. He is no longer on the injured list. I, uh, I, like the, I like the look of that, and I like the look of that for our league, Tyler. I told you all I needed is to get healthy. Yeah, and... I mean, it was a hand injury. You got to think Vooch maybe takes a couple games to ease back in, but probably not very long. It's probably not long before he's playing 30 minutes once he's healthy enough to play. 
Yeah, so go everybody go check your IRs. Um, you know, I I would actually say I don't know what this uh, what, when the their next game is. So if it's with if Orlando has a game, two games this week, or just a game on Thursday, I would assume they have a game on Sunday. But um, might be not a bad idea to leave him in your IR spot. Right now, I think he is still IR'd. On they Yahoo. play. Yeah, that's true. On Saturday, my friend. All right. Yeah. So make go make your uh, adjustments now. He might not play that many minutes in his first game back. So it uh, might be a little sn- a sneaky move to leave him in your. Make all your moves right now. Leave him in your IR. And then drop everybody. And let him play on Saturday. And then uh, they play your Bulls on Monday, a game I am sure you are going to. Um, no. The Monday Orlando Chicago game? No, I'm not going to that one. Oh, come on, Mike. Not That's gonna be a. It's gonna be a classic. Mm, cl- classic uh, is one way to, to to call it. Uh, no, I am going to the Timberwolves game, the Bulls Timberwolves game on Friday. Uh, to see my good friend Jimmy Butler, and Taj Gibson, and old Tibbs, and uh, and clap very loudly for them, to to shame our front office, even though they probably won't be there or care. That is all a strategy. I'm not sure it's a good one, but it is a strategy nonetheless. Yeah, I, I will be there to show my support. Um, let's see what else. What else we got going on around the league? I have kind of a few random. Got a few random questions. Actually, maybe just one random question. I've been looking around the league, looking for guys, some young guys that are going to come on strong. And there's one guy we've been talking about, one guy we have not been talking about. They're very similar players. We've been talking a lot about John Collins. His minutes are still inconsistent. He still looks good uh, per minute. His percentages are good for a center. But there's another guy who's starting to play a lot more minutes in Brooklyn named Jared Allen. He's uh, just tonight played 32 minutes, 13 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, two blocks and a steal. Um, He's been getting more playing time over the last few weeks. Tyler, I'm going to ask you, would you rather rest of the year own old Johnny Collins or Jared Allen? Um, that's a good question. They're very, I, very similar players. I'm going to have to lean for Mr. Jared Allen right now. I just think he's getting more minutes, which is something I like to see. Um, and from what I've seen from Jared Allen, he's got some games where he just puts up some funky stat lines. Now, if you need rebounds, just specifically rebounds, I think I'd rather have John Collins. I think John Collins may be a better rebounder than Jared Allen, even in a few less minutes. Despite Mr. Allen's 14 rebound game tonight. But overall, I think I want Jared Allen. Yeah, I've been kind of looking at what they are capable of of and they're both really man they're both really interesting um it does look like jared allen right now is getting the better look at playing time i feel like atlanta's still jerking everybody around uh nobody knows who's going to start how long they're going to play but uh even in limited minutes you know you're seeing very good production from john collins I also think if you're interested in blocks, I'd probably go with John Collins over Jared Allen. John Collins does seem to be a little bit more consistent with uh, blocks and numbers, but percentages-wise, I actually think Jared Allen might be better than John Collins in both free throw and field goal. I actually think free throw-wise, Jared Allen uh, might be potentially an 80% free throw shooter. There is that possibility. I mean, he's approaching it. It's not out of the question. Uh, yeah, and he's just... shot over 80% in every month, except for his very first month of the season. 
that's also a really um, sexy sign there. Scoring. He's hit a three-pointer. Just throwing it out there. Actually, he's hit two three-pointers. Three. He's hit three three-pointers this season. Just throwing it out there. Uh, that is very promising. For hey, he, hit, uh, he hit one in preseason too. Don't knock him. That's very promising for like if you're in a dynasty league, you're looking at long term. You're thinking, okay, well, which one of these guys do I want long term? So we talked about the rest of the season. Long term, though, let's say you know you're you're in a dynasty league. Who would you want for like the next three to four years out of those two guys, John Collins or Jared Allen? Uh, Jared Allen. I feel like they're more they're that John Collins may be a maybe captain like a Lamar Odom type role where he comes off the bench, especially on a, a good team. They just don't ever want to seem to give John Collins that starting role and give him a ton of minutes. Despite, I mean, they play guys like Mike Muscala and yeah, what's, know, what the hell's going on over there? Miles Plumley over him. Like that's not a good sign. Plus John Collins is a year older. Um, I think the Brooklyn is, is more willing to give Jared Allen the big opportunity. And I mean, Minutes really matter more than anything in fantasy in most cases. Yeah, someone someone in Atlanta should be arrested for whatever the hell they think they're doing with their rotation. I've been trying to reap that John Collins uh, benefit all year, and uh, it's really it's, it's really starting to piss me off. I'm sure. <laughs> God damn it, Hawks! I'm sure. Right when I drop John Collins is when they're they'll announce the. Uh, in fact, he's going to play, you know, starters minutes for the rest of the season. So. I just picture you sitting in your living room, Mike, smoking a big old cigar, just cursing out Mike Budenholzer every time you're watching the Hawks. Going, put John Collins in. Damn, Budenholzer playing him 15 minutes. Look how efficient he is. What's Mike Muscala doing in there? Who? Nobody needs a Mike Muscala. He's worthless. Let's see. You know, there's not, you know, I'm hoping there's more news tomorrow. Is there any interesting, anything interesting else that's caught your eye over the last week, Tyler? Um, now is one of my favorite times of the year in the sense that with these injuries and, and teams just adding random players on these 10-day contracts, you get some names you never thought you'd see in the NBA. This has nothing to do with fantasy. So if if you're interested in the fantasy information, this is going to be a complete aside. But Omeka Okafor made it back in the league. Hey. Of the things I thought I'd see this year, the percentage chance of seeing that I thought was probably like negative two percent. There's no way in heck I thought that was happening. You were more. You were thinking Embiid was going to play 82 games before you saw. Okafor in the league. Yes, sir. Plus, we got some sweet names now. Like, the Hawks have a guy named Andrew White III on their roster, who I've never heard of in my life. Not a real person. The Brooklyn Nets got James Webb III. So apparently, if you want to be on, like, a 10-day contract, you should be somebody the third, because that seems to be working out for people. Yeah, there's been a few thirds out there. So that's one of my favorite things to do is just look around the league and go, does this sound like a real person or is he just a made-up guy to fill the roster? Gary Payton the second catching on with the Lakers. Couldn't quite make the third, though. No, maybe his son will be in the league. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really weird time. I think we're going to hopefully get some really interesting news tomorrow, and uh, that will – you know, hopefully, just pay attention. Stay on Twitter. Tomorrow is a big day, so um, you know everybody get prepared and get ready to make some moves. And we're going to try to shoot out um, podcasts as the um, as the trade deadline approaches, and we'll summarize what happens. Tyler, you got uh, anything else? Anything you want to plug? No, man. That's about it. Go enjoy, uh, enjoy go. that deadline. Enjoy it. Yeah, everybody enjoy your trade deadline. Go out to hashtag basketball.com. There's a lot of good trade articles out there right now, but also Tyler's fantasy article if you want to prepare for your week. Even in the middle of the week, uh, there's still really good advice out there who to start when um, guys are not owned by in a lot of leagues but have back-to-back games. 
it's a very good reference for planning your week, even if you uh, forgot to plan your week, like I often do. And an underrated way to use this article is, you know, I, I basically go through a lot of the weekly stuff and, and say teams that are playing four games and say teams that are playing two games. But an underrated way to use this article is just to go through and look through the, the whole list of back-to-back players. I mean, basically at some point in the article, almost every team gets covered each week. It's just basically the way it works out. I think this week there were 28 of the 30 teams that get covered at some point throughout the article. And so you can basically just look through the article and see every player that should be under 40% owned in the ESPN league. And depending on your league type, I always try to throw in some guys that are like under 5% owned. So that basically covers any league, right? There's guys on there that are like 1% and 2% owned, sometimes even less than 1% owned. So you can go through there and kind of just say, all right, well, now is a good time to pick out this player, right? On Monday, I know when Wednesday rolls around, this is the guy I want. And maybe on Tuesday, I pick him up, especially if my roster's full on Tuesday, right? Or there's just nobody worth picking up in a deeper league. I know I can pick up this player, get him Wednesday, Thursday, get two streams out of him before anyone else is even thinking about him. Yeah, the managing your week in order to maximize your games really is, you know, the next step once you once you've kind of been introduced to fantasy basketball, you understand how it all works. You understand how the, how good the players are. You understand what stats you want to do. You understand your punting strategy. Maximizing your game really becomes uh, the weekly game, uh, which is why I'm not a huge fan of head to head. But if you're in head to head, you got to do it. And uh, Tyler's article really does uh, help a lot in that management. Thank you, Michael. I've I've used it as a resource often, so thank you. Um, you can find Tyler on Twitter at Watsy four, 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 or myself at watch the boxes and feel free to tweet at us with your uh, feedback for the show, questions, comments, uh, things you want us to cover. And, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. We're, we're very interactive with the, uh, fans. We really appreciate everybody listening. And if you like what you're listening to, please rate review us. Uh, that really helps people find the show or tell someone, who you know is into fantasy basketball or basketball in general. And if you're into daily fantasy basketball, like I am, go out to bo- uh, hat, oof, not boxes, draft.com and use the promo code boxes. That really helps out the show as well. Also, you can scam a bunch of people out of their money because you're good at fantasy and they are not. Um, draft.com is a, a great tool if you are good at fantasy. I find that. I am much better at that than other daily fantasy sites with different types of formats. So, yeah, I think that is it for tonight. Tyler, anything else? No, man, that's it. All right. We will see you at the trade deadline, everybody. Good luck out there.